Hello, this is Vin Peterson from Politics Weekly, and we're going to be discussing some of the current events of the week. Um, I also have my mom on. Hey, Vin. How's it going? Doing okay. And the day that I'm filming this, um, it is recording this, excuse me, um, it is the 21st anniversary of what occurred on 9-11. Wow, 21 years. I can't believe that. It's. Um, I remember when it happened, and it was just so shocking it was shocking but of course i was born you that was before i was born even yeah pre-vin yes so we're gonna start our first event of this week our first story it would be the mar-a-lago raid and how this was interesting i saw some of the photos that were released by the fbi and there was documents and they had folders on them and they were empty but they said top secret on them i think that's uh, quite troubling. What did he do with these folders? Well, didn't he just uh, unira- unilaterally, I can't say the word, but didn't he just say, hey, um, I declassified them? Well, you can't declassify them because he's no longer the president. He's no longer the incumbent, of the, so he can't do that anymore. Is that, was that a normal process? The president could just be like, nah, this is just, uh, I declassify them. Yeah, the president does have authority over classification, but when he's out of office, it doesn't work like that. I see. Okay. And especially when it's submitted to the National Archives and things like that. But he said he was going to put it in his library. Um, that's probably illegal. <laughs> that, that's very illegal. This is so confusing to me. I've never heard of such a thing. It just, to me, tells me that that guy was in office always with number one in mind and not anything about the people or the institution or democracy. Yes, I will agree with that statement. Thank goodness he's outside the Oval Office, and even better, thank goodness he's outside of Twitter. It would almost be worth four more years of Trump just to get him off Twitter permanently. (laughs) No. Almost. I said almost, Mom. (laughs) I disagree. I said almost. Okay. So we're gonna. Um, so those are the stories about the Mar a Lago raid. There's still a lot of unanswered questions. The FBI is still looking into this. The FBI has been receiving several threats. I think there were like people in my hometown of Phoenix, um, like outside of like um, Trump flags and let's go Brandon flags and AR-15s and assault rifles um, outside of an FBI building in Phoenix. I think. Really? Yeah, there was video of that, actually. Oh, that's terrible. And I think there's been similar threats about that going not just in Arizona, but all across the nation. Yeah, you know, now it's kind of hung up with the, they want a special master, and, you know, it's the name of the game is just delay, delay, and, you know, meanwhile, there are missing documents. I heard some of those documents have to do with nuclear information of foreign yeah i think the washington post said something about that i still have to look into that yeah it's uh it doesn't sound good mm-hmm. sound sounds pretty bad yes. um and i just um wondering how much more crime needs to happen before this guy like if you did that Vin, if you took those Doc- documents uh-huh. you'd be in jail right now yeah of course any of us would be any of us even President Obama would have been, even Biden. Yeah, right? But for some reason. Yeah. The thing is, he's he's rich and he's got an army of lawyers, but still. Yeah. 
I don't know. Um, our next story confirmed goes to local politics in my home state of Arizona with the Senate race there between the incumbent Democrat Mark Kelly and his Republican challenger, um, venture capitalist Blake Masters. So Blake Masters did something interesting on his website with abortion. He like scrubbed out um, he scrubbed out words that said 100% pro-life and support for a so-called fetal personhood amendment to the Constitution. And then he said, oh, the only thing I support is restricting abortions later in pregnancy, even though it, it initially said 100% pro-life. And there's been some, and Kelly's been running attack ads on his abortion stance. Um, so that must have become a political liability for masters. So he decided to change his website. I mean, it's, that's kind of weird to change your website, but it's not unusual for candidates in a primary to go hard to the right and then move to the center or hard to the oh, left. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, and he's getting some endorsements from, um, for, former governor, uh, well, Ducey and then the, yeah, Ducey. um, what's the woman's name? What was her name? That was the governor before Ducey. Uh, I forget her name. No, Brewer. Yeah. Brewer. Brewer endorsed him and says he's going to be. Of course, great. he did that controversial SB 1070 law for those who've been Arizona residents for quite a long time. You probably remember that. No, I don't remember. It was about immigration. Remember that? Oh yeah. Okay, I think I remember. Yeah. So you know, I guess um, Republicans are learning that being anti-abortion is not politically popular. That's what we saw in Kansas. That's right. Yeah. Um, and most of the polls, Kelly seems to be having a decent lead, and he's having a good fundraising advantage despite Blake Masters being bankrolled by Peter Thiel, which is kind of surprising, actually. And the Republican Senate PAC, led by Mitch McConnell, I think, said that they're going to cancel funds to Blake Masters as well. They're yeah, I heard about just like conceding the race. All right. Sounds and great. We're focus on Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Nevada now. Okay. Yeah. And the GOP mayor of Mesa, the state's third largest city, the Republican mayor, John Glies, he endorsed Mark Kelly. Wow, really? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yep, so the Republican mayor of Mesa endorsed Mark Kelly. That's a big deal. Yeah, and Mesa's the third largest city in the state, so yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Second only to Tucson and in Phoenix. Wow. Um, Speaking of that topic on abortion, we talk about abortion, but we're going to move to another state, a state that's been in the news for the past month, maybe month and a half, and that would be Michigan. Ah, good old Michigan. (laughs) Um, So I think I mentioned last week about how there was a ballot measure um, to protect abortion access in Michigan um, to prevent a 1931 law that was to go into effect. Right, I remember that, and there was like a... There was like a tie or something. The State Board of Canvassers, this is the State Board of Canvassers, they approved petitions, candidates for office, as well as election results. And it was a two to two deadlock. That was kind of, and the thing is, in 2020, when they certified the election results, there was three to one. And that one Republican who voted in favor of it, he has since been replaced. Uh huh. So that was kind of troubling, actually. Yeah, so. But it got 752,759 signatures. Oh, yeah. I remember we talked about that. And then you said we were thinking it was probably going to go to the Supreme Court. Yes. So what happened? The Supreme Court ruled in favor of the ballot measure staying on the ballot. The the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the ballot measure getting on the ballot, actually. All right. so So it's going to be on the ballot in the midterms. That is correct. All right, Michigan, you know what to do. Yes, exactly. And also... I think it is kind of troubling about what's going on with the State Board of Canvassers, though. Yeah. So 
this this is a special way that Michigan does it. With like state board of canvassers like certifies the elections. But in the in the state of Georgia, um, the elect the state board of elections in Georgia, they also certify the results. And in twenty twenty one, the Republican legislator passed a law in Georgia that removed Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger from being a voting member of that committee. Actually, wow. So let's say um, Biden wins in Michigan, which he did by about one hundred fifty thousand votes. Um. In what twenty twenty four if he runs, right? Okay, yes. Um, these guys could be in another deadlock, and then we have to go to the Supreme Court again. Crazy. It, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of this particular issue, but hopefully this isn't a sign of the of the board of canvassers being partisan in any way. Hopefully, it's not a sign of that. Yeah, I mean, like, what is it? What? Why are people like? Isn't the whole goal of us to be able to vote for things we were interested in? What's the, you know, you follow the rules, you got everything, all the petitions in. Yeah. It was over a technicality about spacing. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why they decided not to, to go with it, the State Board of Canvassers. But I don't think that's a valid reason. What was the spacing? Opinion. Yeah, spacing on the text for the ballot measure. Oh, geez. Okay. But the Supreme Court didn't like that argument. So. Okay. All right. Also, um, in Michigan as well, um, we moved to Wayne County, the largest county in the state. It's where Detroit is located. So you might have seen this video, I think. We both watched it. It was from CNN, and it was do- they were doing an investigation of there were people who were um, poll, um, poll workers. They were trained by the Republican, the Republican Party of Wayne County, Michigan. Um, and they were basically doing things like, for example, you're not allowed to have a cell phone in the tabulation center when you're working as a poll worker and you're not allowed to have a pen because those could be used to potentially mark ballots of course but they were like saying like but they said on a call like oh just use a pen just be discreet about it or something like that which is kind of troubling and then i also heard that a person doing this training was a former state senator named patrick colbeck or state senator as recently as 2018 he was involved in the plot relating to the fake elector scheme he also got a cease and desist order from Dominion. He also was in C- Steve Bannon's podcast. Yeah, I guess this guy isn't going to go away, even though he's got a cease and desist. He's still trying to like infiltrate poll workers and tell them how to do illegal stuff. Yeah, in a big county as well. Wow. And what did that county go for for twenty um, twenty? Yeah, about seventy percent went for Biden or so. Okay. And what about um, the year before, the presidential year before? That? I think Clinton got like 65% of the voters, so. Okay, okay. So, yeah. It's a solidly blue county. Um, it's where Detroit is located. Yeah, give up. Go somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Secretary of State, she said that any person, any county clerk says that they can remove any poll workers if they're being disruptive. And the August primary did go smoothly, but there were a handful of people who had to be removed. But I heard that the county officials said that most of these people, when they actually get to learn the elections process, that they actually become good poll workers and aren't disruptive or spreading this type of misinformation. But Yeah, yeah, you know, um, knowledge is power, right? So bring people to the table and um, maybe they'll believe in, to, in, in the democratic process and that there's no, you know, evil doing and uh what is it those machines are connected to the internet they're not (laughs) and you know all the all those conspiracy theories maybe if you get involved some of that might 
Yeah, once you see the elections process and you see the machines that aren't actually connected to the internet, right? Yeah, so I guess we could... see all these poll workers working, you you get a different environment. I hope that's the case, though. Yeah, let's, I guess, think positive, I guess, even though it sounds really weird and the training sounded odd. I mean, I don't think that's how you train poll workers, but they had their own separate session. Yes, exactly. That was the the Republican Party of Wayne County. Yeah. It's still a part of a troubling, coordinated effort across the country to go just from poll workers all the way up to secretaries of state and attorney general about trying to infiltrate the elections process with partisanship as well. It's just concerning. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, what makes us any different than any other state if we're going to do that? I mean, any other country, you know, like there's corruption in other countries. That was the big thing. It's America's the best because yeah. we're... You know, we're all... democracy. Yeah, but uh, apparently that's not a goal anymore. Yeah, and we talked about, like, how last week there was that incident at Goodwill as well. Oh, yeah, right. That was bizarre. That's strange, yeah. Um, Steve Bannon was recently indicted by the District Attorney of New York um, for being involved, I believe, in, like, a scam related to a border wall donation, right? Yeah, so I think he was campaigning for border wall money... And it didn't I think actually he go. Pocketed a million, and then there's extra change where they don't know where it went, but it, it didn't was, go to a wall. It was a scam. Yeah, and that's really sad because Americans, you know, don't want to be taken advantage of. Yeah, and the whole thing was a fear thing, right? Like, oh, these scary people are jumping over the border and taking our welfare funds or whatever. The yeah. and. Uh, he used fear to campaign on and get people's money and then just took it. Exactly. That's troubling. But maybe, just maybe, the arc of justice is bending a little bit for yes. Bannon. Perhaps. <laughs> there's, I think there's still more to be seen, I think, in the coming months. I do think so, to see how this stuff will go on. This is probably not the only incident of it as well. I'm so impatient. It all just takes so long for these people to, you know, feel the... Yeah, and then the justice is never really as harsh as I would like it, you know, for taking money from people like this incident or anything else. Yes, and Stephen Miller, who's perhaps the architect of Trump's immigration policy, I think people who followed him know that he's the architect of Trump's immigration policy on things like the border wall and the family separation. Separation stuff at the, the border. The family uh, separation uh, policy and things like that. He was, he, he was the architect of Trump's immigration policy. But he's also been like a, he's also like a right-wing like crazy person. Um, yeah. And he was, I think he's actually being, at, he's being subpoenaed by the DOG to be asked about the fake electors plot. Yeah, that news came out Friday. All of this interesting news kind of pops out on Friday, and that was one of them, that he's, uh, the DOJ is asking him to come on over and have a talk. Yeah, re- regarding to the fake electors. Board. That's correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, we'll see how that incident plays out I bet, or any legal challenges relating to that. But the thing is, the fake electors plot, for the, those who don't know, the Electoral College... Um, when you vote for Joe Biden or Donald Trump in 2020, for example, you don't actually vote for the candidate directly. You vote for those states' electors in Arizona. It's 11, for example. And those 11 people are like picked by the state parties, and they will then vote for Joe Biden and then vote for Donald Trump, and they'll sit a, um, submit a certificate to the National Archives to be counted in the Electoral College. That's how it works. It's a weird system. But um, – 
But what happened is that they tried to forge a document, like that's what they were trying to do, was forge a document and say that these are the correct electors. Like, hey, these are the electors to be counted, but these were actually alternative electors for Donald Trump, aka fake electors. And there was part of a whole plot. I don't think it was successful, but there were instances, including my home state of Arizona, and I think like five other states of like um, these fake electors, like writing a document and like forging a signature and attempting to submit it to the National Archives. Yeah, I think I've seen copies. Isn't there a fake elector running in Arizona? He ran for U.S. Senate. He lost. Oh, okay. What was his name? Jim Lehman. He lost to Blake Masters in the primary. I see. Okay, well, I guess that's good news. But there's a member of the Arizona House of Representatives, a state legislator, who is a fake elector, Jake Hoffman. Okay, okay. And And he's he's in office right now? Yes, he's in office right now. He's a state legislator. And he was all behind this... Fake elector. fake elector stuff. He was behind this plot, yes. Mm-hmm. How many states were doing the fake elector stuff? Um, I believe it was Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, which was kind of surprising, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. So it was like six states. Wow. That's weird that they did New Mexico because Biden won it by 10 points. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess they'll take what they could get, right? Exactly. Anybody that wanted to cheat, then they'll bring them in. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, wow. I, it, it's just so interesting to think of if some of that ended up being successful. It is deeply troubling, actually. Um, Adam Schiff explained in his book about like how we were so close to losing democracy. Like, If Brad Raffensperger would have actually, quote, found 11,780 votes. Right, yeah. You, you just find them? Like, oh, I found them. Yeah. By finding them, he probably means printing fraudulent ballots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's what Trump really meant. Um, of course, we've seen how, like, secretaries of states and, like, state legislators, how many of these people are on the front lines of democracy. We also saw, like, Speaker Bauer's testimony about the fake electors plot as well. Right. I remember that. And he lost his primary election. Mm, yeah, the voters didn't appreciate him telling the truth. Exactly. So, okay. So that's all we have for the current events of this week. It's a lot of stuff that we covered. Uh, I hope you stay tuned to the podcast. Oh, wait, we had... Um, a question. Yeah, we had some listener questions. One was about um, the audit in Arizona, the so-called audit. It's not anybody, any election professional the, would call it, it an The audit. cyber ninjas. Pachow! Yes, the county recorder, the Republican county recorder, Stephen Richer, he said that the cyber ninjas, they don't even have office space. <laughs> Who needs stinking office space? Yeah, it's, it's crazy, though. You can cheat just from home. Yes, and these are unprofessional people. I think I heard there's not a lot of information about who's paying it. I think there was like a group, I think like um, part of a Trump supporting group on like social media that like claimed to raise like millions of dollars for the audit. But I think taxpayers covered the first 160000 That's what Karen Fan said. And then the, the rest of the money came from the Trump people. But then the Secretary of State's office in Arizona found out that the machines that they used were compromised because of the cyber ninjas. Oh, yeah. So then taxpayers had to pay for all new machines. Yeah, the taxpayers had to pay the Secretary of State to replace all the machines. Okay, so taxpayers didn't pay for the entire audit. They paid for parts of it. They paid for part of it. The first 160000 But then they also paid for brand new, new... we pay for new machines. Those got com- compromised. So now tax- we have to pay for newer. Even we have we have first got new election equipment in 2020 because our election equipment was old in Maricopa County. But then 
Republicans, then the cyber ninjas compromised that equipment. It was no longer safe to use. So we had to spend taxpayer money decommissioning these old machines and installing new ones. Okay. All right. So that's the answer to that tax question. And then I think the other one was around Nye County that we talked about. I said it had a few thousand people. It actually has, I think, around like 45,000 residents. Yeah, something like that. And and this was the story that you were talking about. um, Uh, An election denying county clerk who won there. And, and he said that they're going to hand count every ballot. Yes, which is not as accurate as machines. So 45,000, well. Not, maybe like say 20,000 or so. Yeah, because. Not what? everybody votes. Unfortunately, not everybody votes. But yeah. it's a very red county anyway. So they're probably happy with who they voted in. Yes, it is a red county. Trump won it easily. And it's gone Republican for the past like generation. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, I think that was it for the questions, but if anybody else has any questions, feel free to reach out. Yes, um, you'll be more than happy to do that. Um, that's all I have to say for this week. Um, it's been quite eventful. Um, we covered a ton of stories. Um, we're probably going to be covering more stories in the next month and a half. And I think I'm glad that I was able to speak to you all about all this and having my mom come on. Um, anyway, uh, stay tuned and keep listening. Bye. Thanks, Finn. It was fun. Bye.